0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 422, Training Your Church Safety Team. So the last few episodes, we've been talking about this. This is something I talk about, you know, at least once a year uh, because it's become such an important issue in churches in America and around the world. Uh, I was in India last year. Uh, the persecution over there is real. Um, the There have been churches over there where people are breaking in during services and attacking church members. Um, uh, before I went uh, to speak at a pastor's conference a couple of years ago, uh, There was a similar conference in the same area, and a group of radical Hindus broke in to the conference center and attacked uh, a number of pastors, sending them to the hospital. And, you know, uh, there needs to be something in place, and everybody doesn't think that way, but um, at least around the U.S., I know that this is becoming a, a very, very important topic it's something that we can uh improve on and and constantly uh work to make sure that our church, our flock and all that God has entrusted to us is protected. So, um uh, if you haven't heard the last couple of episodes, we talked about it, the need for it, um options, uh different things that you can do to protect your church. <clears throat> last week we we, we delved into that a little bit more, but today I'm going to talk about training. Um, it's not enough just to start a safety ministry at your church. They need to be trained, and it's so important that they have ongoing training. One of the things that I say all the time, and this is not original to me, but it's still a powerful truth, and it's we don't rise to the occasion. We fall to our highest level training. I was a police officer for 30 years and I saw this on a regular basis where uh, an officer who, uh, maybe a newer officer who didn't have the training, um, they don't rise to the occasion. They fall to wherever their highest level of training was and that can be good or that can be bad depending on the training. I've seen citizens, civilians, who um, haven't had any training and so when something bad happens, they they freeze up. They they go into that what we call condition black, where where they have no response. They just their their the, the the processor in their brain has no information to compute, and there's nothing that they can do. And so we need to have training. And and uh, probably three, four, or five months ago, I was actually at um, a particular church training put on by a, a, a very well known reputable. Group that trains church safety teams, <clears throat> and we took our church uh, training, our, our safety team leaders to this training, and it was it was really good. But the thing that that amazed me were the fact that there were people in this training who looked like this was the first formalized uh, training that they had ever had. Uh, talking about firearms, that we didn't have any live guns in the classroom, we were using dummy guns, but there were people who 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 honestly didn't look like. Um, they had ever had any formal training in handling um, any type of weapon at all. And so it was actually kind of scary to think that these guys and girls are actually protecting their churches. So we don't rise to the occasion. We fall to our highest level of training. So training is absolutely essential, absolutely vital for your church safety team. Now, the beauty of it is I'm gonna share with you a bunch of different aspects of training, but the beauty of it is, is you don't have to do all this yourself. Um, there like I just said i I've, I've been to a couple of different seminars put on by uh, groups that do church training um, uh, for for church safety teams. There's great materials out there online there there's stuff on youtube there there there's material out there. Most every um, good firearms range training center provides excellent training where you can send your people to so that they can know how to handle a firearm safely and tactically. So you don't have to, when, when we talk about this training, you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, there's a lot of great things out there if you're just willing to look. So let's talk about how often should your team train. How often should they train? I recommend at least quarterly. Um, Monthly is great. But, but that's tough. That's tough to get together every month. We get together several times a year and do different types of training. Now, there are times, there are busier seasons during the year when everybody's really, really busy, and um, we just aren't able to get everybody together as a team, and then I'll send out an article. I'll send out a podcast. I'll send out a short video that's applicable to our church safety team. And I'll have everybody watch it, and then I'll document that particular training. Um, documenting the training is very, very important in the long run. Um, every time we do a team training, I, I put, a, I create a list, a Google document that I've saved to a file, and I list everybody who came, the date, um, and what we trained in. Because down the road, if your church were to get sued, which is always a possibility when you're talking about using any kind of force, Um, I want to be able to show that we are doing due diligence by having training. It's just a smart thing to do. Um, You you document it in your business. You document it if your, your people get trained. We did it at the police department. We're just documenting it. It just lets us know. And it also is a good thing as you move forward to know what we've trained in. We can look back a few years and go and and, and say, okay, we did this a few years ago. We probably need to do it again. So um, we need to train regularly. I would say at least quarterly. Um, you can send out, there's, there's in-person training, but you can send out a podcast, an article, uh, maybe a video from YouTube, and then document that training. be right back. When we jump back in, we're actually going to be looking at some of the different areas of training. But I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, When the Stars Fell from the Sky. This was Volume 2 of the Zombie Terror War series, still my best-selling series of books. I wish I could say my incredible biblical studies, my incredible... um, Uh, Handbooks on Mark or or Axe were my best sellers, but they're not. But my zombie series is really, really, has really done well. It's popular. Um, Lots of reviews on Amazon. And it's an exciting, fast-paced series. And When the Stars Fell from the Sky, this is book three of the series. Um, I'm not going to give you any spoiler uh, any information to, to, to spoil it for you, but let me just say that this is an intense book. Um, there's, you know, I've got my characters that are all based on people I, I know or have known throughout my own career, um, and and what we're seeing in, in in this in book three of the series is we're starting to see some of the cities along the east coast of the United States falling because of this bio terror. Uh, weapon that's been released. So um, that's all I'm going to say. But if you'll click on the link, you can go to uh, Amazon and read the first chapter or two for free. I think it'll hook you. You'll want to get a copy of it. And even if you don't, even if you don't like zombies, check this series out. I think you will really, really enjoy it. So, When the Stars Fell from the Sky, Volume Three of the Zombie Terror War Series. All right, so so we're back. Sorry, just grabbing a little drink there. Um, What topics do you need to deal with in the training for your safety team? Number one, there needs to be an initial firearms training. Um, Nobody can join our team unless they present me with a certificate from an NRA certified instructor. The National Rifle Association is the premier gun safety organization in the United States, and has been for years, no matter what you hear on the media. They do an excellent job in their um, firearms training department, and they certify instructors all over America. So if you go to a, a, a gun store or range um, looking to get some training, their instructors are probably certified by the National Rifle Association. So that's, that's the requirement. That's one of the requirements to join our team, is you have to take a basic intermediate or advanced uh, course, whatever you want to take. You have to have have a a pistol course by a certified National Rifle Association instructor. And then we also do a yearly qualification. When I was with the police department, we had to qualify every quarter. But in the state of Georgia, you're only required to qualify once a year, but we did it quarterly. So, With, uh, you know, everybody being incredibly busy, what we said is, is we'll do qualifications once a year. That's in January of every year the team has to qualify. They have to pass a qualification course to stay on the church safety team. And this just makes sense, right? I mean, we don't want people who can't pass a simple qualification course. It's not crazy. It's not hard. Although I have had people fail it. And they've always passed it on the second try. I'll give them two tries. <clears throat> but the, 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 you need to have something, whether whether you um, make up your course, whether you, you borrow one from the local police department. Um, I've got a friend who leads a church safety team in another state, and they actually, his team is actually required to shoot um, the, the, the local police department's course. That's great, too. Um, whatever you do, you need to have that initial firearms training and then that yearly qualification. Number two, if possible, you need to have some type of judgment shooting or simulator training. I used to have access to this. I don't now. Um, these, these machines are very expensive. One of the ranges that, that I work with or, or um, shoot at. Had one of these for several years, and we were able to uh, rent it at a very good price because it was for a church, and we would come in and we would run everybody through shoot and don't shoot scenarios. Unfortunately, they decided to sell the system, so I don't have access to it anymore. Um, The police department does not let civilians come in and use their um, uh, shoot-don't-shoot system, their judgment shooting, their simulator training so we don't have access to it, but if you can get access to that, this is dynamite. You can hook up two two guns that are equipped with lasers. You've got the the video blasting onto the wall. You can uh, have your people interacting, giving verbal commands, um, treating the video like it's a real scenario. Some are shoot, some are don't shoot, and so creating that judgment. And this created some great discussion. Some great opportunities for training because we had people who would um, react too quickly. We would have people shoot in non-shooting situations. And obviously, this is something that has to be addressed if that person is going to stay on your team. Number three, we're talking about what kinds of training do you need to provide for your safety team? Um, Use of force and the force continuum. Um, we do this every year. Every year we do the use of force refresher, and what we do is we're actually going through what the state law says, what Georgia state law, because that's what governs us, um, says about using force. Uh, the force continuum is something that uh, every law enforcement officer knows about. This is uh, how the levels of force progress through an encounter. Obviously, the first one is your presence. Um, And then we move into um, what words are you using, your your tactical communication skills, verbal de-escalation, verbal judo, whatever you wanna call it. And we work all the way through to the very end, the very last one, which God forbid we ever have to use, but that is using deadly force. So that force continuum is very important. Um, the, the use of force refresher is very important and we, we go through it. Our team goes through it every single year. Number four, what kind of training does your team need? How about some basic first aid and CPR training? Um, the, the certification for CPR in Georgia is good for two years. Um, we try and put it, run, run everybody through it during, during that two year period so that they, they're, they're, Certification never expires, but it there's also included within that component the guy who does ours and maybe does it everywhere. They do it everywhere, but it's a it's a basic first aid course as well. Um, there's other really good first aid courses out there. Stop the bleed um, and some others that uh, um, really are, are are worth your while. But putting your team through a basic uh, first aid and CPR course is something that's um, very, very important. Look, we've had, thank God, we, we haven't had that many, we haven't had, had an active shooter in our church, but we've had mul- multiple uh, medical emergencies um, where an elderly guy fell and busted his head open, um, where we've had a couple of uh, situations where people thought they were having heart attacks, um, had somebody who was having a, a mental health issue, a, a mental breakdown, a, a panic attack. and And so... Because we've had um, uh, some first aid training, uh, the people, our, people on our team and the people on the service team were able to respond correctly, not overreact, and deal appropriately with the situations until we could get the, the professionals there the firemen, the paramedics who do this kind of thing for a living. And then one more we'll, we'll, we'll talk about one more training topic today, and that is defensive tactics defensive tactics. I tell my safety team all the time, we're not bouncers. Uh, we're a safety team. We're a church safety team. And we, we, our job is not to bounce people out of the church. That, that's, not, that's not who we are. We are Christians. We are uh, followers of Jesus. But we also want to be able to protect ourselves and to protect the flock. So yearly, we'll go through a defensive tactics refresher doing some basic, very basic tactics and techniques. I've got a background in martial arts. I've been involved in martial arts in one form or other my whole life. And of course, I was a police officer for 30 years. And and so we'll work through some very basic defensive tactics. Um, The goal is always control. The goal is always control. That doesn't mean that there aren't times when you might have to use strikes, kicks, whatever, to protect yourself or to protect somebody else. But the goal is always to control that assailant, to control that violent person. And ultimately, that's going to be to get them down on the ground and to get them secured. Um, There's my team leaders and myself, we carry handcuffs. But the only time we've talked about this and talked about this, the only time we would ever put handcuffs on somebody in our church is if they were violently attacking or trying to attack someone else. Um, we, we, we don't put hands on people that are disruptive as, as much as we would like to, we'll call the police and let them deal with that. Um, uh, physical force is only used for someone who is becoming violent. Um, you know, so this is something we'll talk about it, you know, next week a little bit more. We'll talk about the use of uh, tasers and pepper spray as well that go into this, but defensive tactics. And you might say, well, Um, you know, I don't have a background in martial arts. What what, what can I do? Well, I'm sure if you look around the area where you live, there is probably a martial arts instructor there or a police officer, defensive tactics instructor, who would be more than thrilled to come in and to help your church safety team. Probably for a few dollars, um, you know, pay them for their time, of course, Um, but for, you know, maybe $100, $200, you can have someone come in and and help your church safety team go through some some really important basic defensive tactics that will help protect your team. Because of course we want to protect the church, but 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 I want to protect my team as well. I don't want anybody to get hurt. So I want to make sure we're we're doing the right thing to protect the team because if one of the team members gets hurt, now they can't protect the rest of the flock as well. So so we want to be smart in what we do, and so that we go through these defensive tactics, um, how to take people safely to the ground, how to control them when they're on the ground, how to get them handcuffed, and then some basic um, physical striking techniques to use to control that person. But again, the whole goal is to control that individual. All right, well, we will stop here. Um, I've got quite a few more training ta- uh Uh, topics to talk about, which we'll talk about next week. Um, And if you have any questions about these, by all means, reach out, David at davidspell.com. Go to my website, davidspell.com. And uh, if you have a question or comment about today's post, um, you know, anything you want to talk about related to church safety, let me know so that we can keep the conversation going. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. And uh, if I can help you in any way, especially with this important uh, issue of church safety, again, david at davidspell.com. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And we will see you next week on Leading and